0: This is Bart Peterson, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance
1: Podcast Network. This is Greg Gilchrist, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Dan DeMarco,
0: and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. In this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, I have back Brian Silliman. Brian is a partner at Hughes Hubbard and heads the firm's. Harris office, we take up a couple of articles that Brian has recently authored. In this episode, I visit with Quinn Trong. She is a former member of the CFPB. She talks about the CFPB under the Biden administration and Rohit Chopra, who has been nominated to head the CFPB. We talk about what it will take to rebuild the morale of the CFPB after the Trump administration. The direction the CFPB may take in regulation and enforcement, any new policies and directives she sees coming out, and the interaction between the CFPB and the individual state consumer protection agencies. It's a fascinating podcast on a topic that every compliance practitioner needs to be aware of. FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox, back again with another episode, and today I have back with me Quinn Trong. She is a partner at Strzok & Strzok, and we are going to pontificate, look into the future, and and always talk about the CFPB. So Quinn, first of all, welcome back, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me again.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be back. Uh, the CFPB certainly is a hot topic these days, once again.
0: Uh not only uh is it appropriate, but it's certainly a welcome from my perspective. I was wondering if uh you have obviously a lot of experience with the CFPB having worked there, but could you uh give us a sort of a recap of what the agency is, uh what it regulates
1: and what it does? Sure. The the CFPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, was created in the wake of the 2008-2009 financial crisis. And the concept is to concentrate in one federal agency all of uh, the work to protect consumers in regards to financial products and services. So before uh, the creation of the CFPB, that responsibility was scattered um, and the implementation enforcement of the various consumer financial protection laws were divided among several different agencies um, but the CFPB now hold all of those rulemaking uh, supervision enforcement responsibilities uh, for consumer financial products and services and of course that runs the gamut you know from uh mortgages to student loans, uh, small dollar loans, and so forth. Uh, And it really covers every stage of that relationship from the time that uh, the companies uh, develop and market their uh, financial products and services the other way through the whole relationship uh, in terms of originating loans, uh, servicing them, and, you know, for uh, debt collection and and for something like mortgages in the foreclosure stage as well. And the CFPB has authority over every player in that market. So, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter whether they are well-established banks, for example, or new entrants, or uh, service providers and vendors that work with those companies.
0: Uh, President Biden has nominated Rohit Chopra to uh, head the Bureau. I was wondering if you might be able to give us some insight into what, uh, if he's confirmed, what the likely impact will be for the CFPB.
1: So I do know Rohit very well. We worked together in the senior leadership of the CFPB uh, back when we were both uh, in that organization, starting from the start of the Bureau, really. And he is very uh, focused and dedicated to a a very active uh, agency in, in terms of using all of its tools to advance the mission to uh, deal with consumer financial protection. Um, so we will see a return to a lot of the regulatory priorities and strategies that were employed by the CFPB under the Obama administration uh, if he, uh, Rohit Chopra, is confirmed uh, as a permanent director of the agency. And, you know, I have every expectation that uh, he will be confirmed in the near future.
0: I'm I'm having a series of conversations with people like yourself about the impact of the change in administration in various uh, agencies, departments, and bureaus. And it's really boiled down to two questions. What do they do to uh, reassure the public of the Bureau's uh, desire to move forward? But equally importantly, how do you rebuild or how would he go about rebuilding the morale inside the agency uh, after the prior administration?
1: Uh, That's a really good question. And I know it's something that people think about because obviously over the past uh, few years under the Trump administration for the CFPB in particular, there was a uh, major change. In uh, the alignment of the bureau, the, its activities, particularly with the the two uh, heads of the agency that uh, were. Um, appointed by President Trump, you know, and first of all, you had as acting director of the CFPB Mick Mulvaney, who uh, had always been a huge critic of the agency. In fact, you know, uh, opposed the creation of the agency to begin with, and and certainly its continued operation as well. So, that obviously was a a very uh, dramatic Uh, and some might say traumatic uh, change in leadership for the agency that occurred uh, a few years ago. And uh, then after that, uh, as permanent director, uh, we saw Kathy Kreninger, who took uh, a less uh, vocal, uh, aggressive approach approach to changing the direction of the CFPB than Mick Mulvaney, but but still uh, followed a very different philosophy from the early days of the Bureau. Um, And and you had um, a workforce at the agency that had remained largely intact from uh, the early days of the Bureau's creation. And so these were people who came in uh, with a focus on regulatory activism that was not shared by the new leadership. Uh, And and by the way, the acting director and permanent director over the last few years also brought in a lot of their own uh, people, uh, political appointees uh, in large who shared their philosophy as well. So um, it's been a an interesting uh, period for the agency staff to work through where where there was such a significant shift. Um, But as I mentioned, the the staff has stayed largely intact. And then now you have essentially the return of uh, old leaders from the inception of the Bureau. So there's a very uh, rapid change back, even under the acting director, Dave Widrow, who had worked at the CFPB from uh, its inception. Uh, and he's been very aggressive, uh, in realigning the Bureau's direction to, uh, those early days, uh, as well. So the, the, the staff already has experienced that shift and can look forward to a continuation of that going forward. And so I, I think, um, you know, it actually is easier to uh, address the the issue of uh, staff morale as a result of that because the staff has a lot more certainty as to what they can expect going into the future uh, with these familiar faces back in leadership Um, and, you know, the the sense that uh, they are moving back toward uh, something that is closer to the original direction of the CFPB when they first joined. Now, obviously, there uh, are also um, various members of the staff who have come in over the last few years uh, who have not had the experience of working under these uh, individuals and under uh, this regulatory approach. But uh, I think that they have enough of a sense of how that will go that um, it should, shouldn't be a jarring adjustment for anybody within the Bureau.
0: For our listeners, this is the second time that I've been able to visit with uh, Quinn and it's clear to me in, in now having uh, visited with you twice for this podcast series you have quite a lot of pride in your time there and uh, proud of the Bureau and what it accomplished. Uh, would First of all, I hope that's a fair assessment. But second, it, from your answering the last question, it, it seems that your colleagues who are still there also feel that way and that that might lead to uh, really make it a little bit easier for the CFPB to become more aggressive. And, and while being aggressive on the regular t- side, also work with, uh, people like yourself, private practice, companies, to, to move forward the, the ball or the goal of consumer protect, protect protection? Sorry.
1: Uh, well, I think, you know, I've had the privilege of working uh, inside the government at various agencies um, and have always found the experience to be very rewarding. And I think, um, you know, th- this is not to say that uh, the The pride uh, that I and others have uh, in the the work that we did at the CFPB and other federal agencies during our time there is an indicator that uh, those who work at those agencies and and the work that they perform uh, have not been very uh, important contributors to Uh, the government uh, and to the public as well. So I I think that there has been good work done um, also in the last few years, you know, that there are differences of opinion about um, how things uh, can or should be done. Um, But, uh, you know, It is always, to me, uh, a source of pride for people to get to work in uh, federal agencies and state uh, agencies and and other uh, governmental units as well. When you always have people who are very dedicated to uh, trying to serve the public interest, if they weren't, they wouldn't be there. And so I I do think that there is that strong spirit at the CFPB now. And I I think that um, the shift. Toward regulatory activism is going to be very enthusiastically supported by the team um, that's there, and, and of course, um, the CFPB now is also gearing up with a, a really big hiring drive uh, to bring in uh, additional attorneys, in, in particular. Among other staff, in order to uh, really beef up their capability to carry this work forward in a much more active way.
0: Uh, Are there any uh, policy initiatives or new direction, or excuse me, new directives that you might anticipate from the CFPB in uh, the next twelve months?
1: Oh, there's a lot that's going to be here at at work at at the CFPB in the next uh, year, I I think, and really going forward as well. And we're already hearing, seeing that at the CFPB now, even before uh, the confirmation, uh, uh, the expected confirmation um, of Rohit Chopra uh, as the permanent director that uh, the there's already been a a great deal of activity um, and a lot of pronouncements to coming out of the CFPB as to their interest in um, being very active in this space. So, um, you know, it's interesting to me in particular how a lot of the same issues that drove the creation of the CFPB and its agenda during the early years really have uh, come around again. Um, and that's because the impact of the financial crisis in, in many ways uh, were similar to the impact of the pandemic on the general population and in particular on some of the more vulnerable populations uh, that uh, are most Needful of uh, regulatory protection uh, from the government and, in particular, from the CFPB in the eyes of many people. Um, so, for example, you know, with the financial crisis in 2008 2009, of course, the big focus was on mortgages um, that, you know, a lot of people had taken out mortgages, which they were unable to pay off. And, you know, there were a lot of concerns about how that all came about and what the government could do to address that problem. And that, in fact, was a driving force for the creation of the CFPB. Well, today we have the pandemic uh, creating so much financial hardship for everyone. But in particular, uh, it raises a lot of issues around housing insecurity um, for a, a vast swath of the population, Um, and, you know, there are problems with people's ability to pay their mortgages, and, of course, you you have uh, the CARES Act and other federal and state efforts to address that problem um, with forbearance plans so so that people have a certain period of relief from having to make those payments, Um, but the implementation of those mandated and voluntary forbearance programs um, have been challenging. And, uh, you know, a lot of those programs are coming to end and in the near future if they aren't already uh, terminating so there are a lot of concerns about that in terms of the impact on consumers uh, and how they will deal with it. So, you know, uh, it, that's one of the big pieces, I think, in terms of the CFEB's agenda for this next year going forward is dealing with issues uh, surrounding mortgages um, and uh, just generally uh, the impact of the pandemic. On consumers uh, again mortgage is the top that list but it's really the whole range of uh, financial hardship issues for consumers and of course how the industry the financial industry has interacted with the consumers in their provision of financial products and services you know and in particular there are a lot of issues around uh, servicing of the loans. Uh, that people are struggling to pay off. Um, and then the result that debt collection activities, you know, the potential for foreclosure or mm, repossessions uh, of mm, vehicles and, and other things. So that all of those issues related to the pandemic uh, will be very prominent in the CFB's work for this next year. Um, And then I mentioned mortgages as being high on the list, but, you know, you you also have all of the other uh, financial products and services as well. And on a related note, um, whenever people struggle with paying off their debts, uh, there are also mm, issues about how that would get reported to the credit reporting agencies. So, you know, it affects your credit score. Um, And The whole credit reporting process is a very complicated one as well, Um, and it's been complicated even further by the pandemic uh, because you have circumstances that are fairly novel, uh, and you know you also have these forbearance programs, uh, raising new questions as to how they should be handled in the credit reporting process as well. Um, and, and by the way, in terms of consumer complaints that the CFPB and other authorities have received, um, a very large portion of the consumer complaints have dealt with credit reporting Uh, And disputes about that. So I think credit reporting also will be a major focus for the CFPB uh, for this coming year as well. Um, And then, you know, this past year, of course, that has really raised awareness of concerns about systemic racism Um, and just inequities in general and uh, the the, uh, concerns about vulnerable populations. And, of course, the Biden administration has identified racial equity uh, and just equality in general as a major concern. Um, And both the the CFPB's acting director um, Dave Buecho, and the nominee for uh, permanent director, Rohit Chopra, have also emphasized their concerns uh, about racial equity and how the CFPB's work would be important in dealing with those issues. So, you know, that's also another major focus for the CFPB, not just for this uh, coming year, but also going forward. So the big issues about fair lending.
0: I was wondering if you might be able to give us uh, a few words about the interplay between the CFPB and state attorney generals or state regulatory agencies that might also look at consumer protection.
1: Oh, yes. That whole uh, federal-state relationship is really, really important in the financial space, in particular uh, in the realm of consumer financial protection. And the states uh, in general are pretty active that uh, and in uh, focus on issues of consumer financial protection. And again, you know, all of these issues have been highlighted by the impact of the, the COVID-19 pandemic on the general public and in particular on uh, some vulnerable populations as well. Um, And then together with that, you had the fact that uh, the last few years under the Trump administration has um, seen a lot of conflict between the federal authorities and state authorities because of fundamental differences in opinion between them. And in fact, um, the states many times, um, not every state, but uh, Uh, a number of the states, both the uh, attorney general and uh, the regulatory agency at the state level have been vocal in their criticism of uh, the activities or, or the rollback in activities or activism uh, by some of uh, the federal authorities under the Trump administration. Um, And sometimes those conflicts have resulted in uh, the states bringing action uh, in court to challenge the federal authorities' activities. Uh, So, uh, that has been, you know, a big issue over the last few years, and uh, so I I think that's an important question to raise about what's going to happen going forward. Um, It's particularly pertinent with regards to the CFPB because the CFPB has been the uh, target of a lot of state criticism over the last few years. And that stands in sharp contrast to the nature of the relationship between uh, the CFPB and the states in the past. Um, during the the period uh, of the Obama administration and, you know, the the kind of holdover period when uh, Rich Cordray remained director of the CFPB under the Trump administration during the early part of the Trump administration. So um, it's useful to think back to um, those early days where the CFPB and the states actually worked together pretty closely, um, in in part because you had uh, a number of, uh, in fact, a a pretty large number of uh, people coming from the state government side to the CFPB when it was created. Uh, And, you know, those were folks who had worked in uh, the state attorney general office. And, of course, uh, the Rich Cordray himself had been a state attorney general, Um, and so you you, you had people coming in from those uh, state attorney general offices, from the state regulatory agencies uh, to join the CFPB, and they maintained their relationships with their uh, state colleagues Uh, And the states actually welcomed the creation of the CFPB because many of them found that uh, there was a common um, regulatory uh, approach as well as uh, pretty similar regulatory priorities between them. So there was a lot of collaboration uh, and discussion around that. And... and, um, You know, it was something that allowed for uh, some coordinated action, sometimes divisions of labor between uh, the federal and state sides. And, uh, in fact, after uh, the change in leadership at the CFPB, in terms of departures from the agency during the Trump administration, you also saw uh, a number of people departing the CFPB to Join or rejoin uh, the state attorney general offices uh, and regulatory agencies. So again, you had that sort of cross-pollination effect. What it ultimately means is today, uh, with the the shift back uh, to regulatory activism at the CFPB, there is a lot of expectation of. Uh, Collaboration once again with the state authorities. And and it's something that the state authorities have been uh, looking forward to, you know, to when they realize that there, there would be this change in administration. And then soon after that, the, the, the understanding that you have a lot of the same uh, leadership return to the CFPB as well. And I suspect that uh, with the hiring drive that the CFPB is undertaking now, uh, again, with a particular focus on hiring attorneys as well as other staff to beef up uh, its workforce, um, that we will see uh, some uh, folks coming, again, from uh, the state attorney general offices and state regulatory agencies into the CFPB. Uh, so, you know, that whole relationship will continue to strengthen going forward.
0: Well, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if listeners wanted any more information on yourself or any of the topics you've raised in today's podcast, where could they go?
1: So, um, you know, one place that's always a very ready uh, source for information uh, is the website of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau itself, which is uh, consumerfinance.gov. It's uh, fairly straightforward. So uh, when uh, you are interested in learning more about what the CFPB is doing or learning about particular aspects of its regulatory activities you know the the CFPB website is a really great resource and of course, I'm always happy to uh, discuss uh, this subject, which is near and near to my heart, uh, and something that I work on uh, on a day-to-day basis. So um, as you mentioned, I am a partner at the Stroop Law Firm, um, and so you can uh, come to our website uh, to find my information and contact me. And uh, Stroop, the, the law firm's name, is Belt S as in Sam, T is in Thomas, R-O-O-C-K. Uh, so the, at the Strook.com website, uh, you, you can uh, look up our practice dealing with the CFPB in particular. And of um, course, my name is Quinn Truong. Uh, that's Truong, T is in Thomas, R-U-O-N-G. Uh, and uh, happy to uh, address additional questions as well.
0: Well, Quinn, uh, I hope that I might be able to call upon you in six or 12 months to uh, see the developments in the CFPB and what you're seeing from your perspective. So I look forward to continuing the conversation. I would look
1: forward to that as well.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. We have a great new show on the Compliance Podcast Network called Moe Forecast, which is... Podcast of the law firm of Morrison and Forrester, hosted by James Kukios. Check that out on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, in the month of April on The Compliance Life, I'm featuring Jonathan Kellerman, partner at Stoneturn. He's had a fascinating career in healthcare compliance, culminating in the CCO chair at Allergan before he moved over to Stoneturn. So check out The Compliance Life on the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you'll join me again next week for another episode of the award-winning FCPA Compliance Report. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.